Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Row Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we've been looking at some conference messages that really stood out for us as we were going through the transcripts. And you might say, well, why do you often refer to general conference messages? Well, there's a good reason for this, because conference messages really stand above and beyond even some of the average writings that Latter-day Saint leaders may have in their books. Let me give you some examples here. First of all, Eric, What did George Q. Cannon, who was a member of the First Presidency in the 19th century, have to say about conference addresses? And this is found in Gospel Truth, Volume 1, page 329. Conference addresses are word of Lord. This church has been continually led by the spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation has been here in our conference. The addresses that have been delivered have been made under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, and they are the word of God unto this people binding upon them, and they will be judged by these words that we have heard. If we do not listen to these instructions and counsels and abide by the word of God, as it is given to us from time to time, we shall be held to a strict accountability. Let me ask you something, Eric. When George Cukannon made that statement, do you think he was ever implying at all that there were some general conferences that weren't the word of the Lord and that were not binding upon Latter-day Saints? It sure doesn't seem so. It doesn't seem so, especially when you have this statement by Dieter F. Uchtdorf, who at the time he gave this, he was a member of the First Presidency, even though he now serves as an apostle in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He said this, and this is found in the March 2012 edition of Ensign Magazine, But this is what it said on page 5 of that March edition. Listen to General Conference with an ear willing to hear the voice of God through his Latter-day Prophets. Now, not every person who speaks in General Conference would be considered a prophet or an apostle, although most of the speakers do hold that position if they are male. Today, we're going to be looking, however, at some statements that were made by the Relief Society General President, Jean B. Bingham. And one of the reasons why we want to go through her talk that was titled Covenants with God, Strengthen, Protect, and Prepare Us for Eternal Glory is because she makes a lot of statements that are very similar to what the 70 we cited yesterday, Kevin S. Hamilton, had to say in his talk titled, Then Will I Make Weak Things Become Strong. And listen to her subtitle. As we choose to make covenants and keep them, we will be blessed with more happiness in this life and a glorious eternal life to come. Bill, when I read this talk for the first time, I was impressed at how clear she was, straightforward. I'm not sure if she was maybe told to say what she said, but I think she said it with as much clarity as anybody could. And one of the reasons why we feel it important to go through this is because the way she explains it, as concisely and clearly as she does, it becomes very noticeable that her understanding of the gospel, 
this would of course be the restored gospel as a Latter-day Saint would understand it, is not at all in accordance with the gospel that is mentioned in the New Testament. And you're going to see why. Now, bear in mind, she is saying this to a group of other females in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is a Saturday evening session that was for the ladies of the church. How did she begin? She said, Sisters, what a joy to gather in a worldwide sisterhood. As women who make and keep covenants with God, we share spiritual bonds that help us meet the challenges of our day and prepare us for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And keeping those covenants allows us to be women of influence who can draw others to the Savior. Now, we have to understand that in the doctrines of the LDS Church, they are supposed to make and keep various covenants. Now, notice she, she says that in her second sentence, as women who make and keep covenants with God. Bear in mind, it's not enough to merely make the covenant. You must keep the covenant. And the reason why you must keep the covenant is because if you don't keep your covenants, God is not held responsible to keep his end of the bargain or his part of the covenant. She goes on and says, those who have been baptized covenanted on that never-to-be-forgotten day to take Jesus Christ's name upon them, to always remember him, to keep his commandments, and to serve him to the end. When we do these things, Heavenly Father promises to forgive our sins and give us the companionship of the Holy Ghost. Here we see a distinct difference between the New Testament gospel of grace and the restored gospel as it's understood by Latter-day Saints. Notice what she says. When we were baptized, we covenanted on that never-to-be-forgotten day to take Jesus Christ's name upon us, to always remember him, to keep his commandments, and to serve him to the end. How many commandments do you think she's talking about in this context? It has, to, she, be all, it has to be all, Bill. It would never be partial. They never say that. They never imply that at all. But notice, then here's the condition. When we do these things, Heavenly Father promises to forgive our sins and give us the companionship of the Holy Ghost. Notice, in her understanding, you do not get the forgiveness of sins until you perform. In other words, you are keeping the commandments. And again, the question needs to be asked if you're talking to your LDS friend. How many commandments is she talking about here? She's obviously talking about all of them. And only if you are keeping all the commandments can you hope to have that forgiveness of sins. You see, there's the difference. When we come to faith in Christ, according to our understanding of the New Testament gospel of grace, we are justified or forgiven of our sins at that moment. That's at the beginning of our spiritual walk, when we come to faith in Christ and trust in him for what he did for us. In Mormonism, that hope of the forgiveness of sins is certainly not something that's given at the beginning, unless, of course, you're a Latter-day Saint who can say, I'm keeping all the commandments. Then you can say you have the forgiveness of sins. If you're not, you do not get the forgiveness of sins until you accomplish that. That goes right in line with Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, verse 32. You have to repent keep the commandments, then you get the forgiveness of your sins. 
And I think we need to be reminded of what Kevin S. Hamilton said. We talked about earlier this week when it comes to if-then statements, and that is an if-then statement. He said, computer software developers use conditional statements to tell computers what to do. These are sometimes referred to as if-then statements, as in, if X is true, then do Y. The Lord also operates through conditions, conditions of faith, conditions of righteousness, conditions of repentance. It almost seems, Bill, that Kevin S. Hamilton said that to set the stage for talks that would happen later in the General Conference. It could very well be. You, you might be exactly right on that, Eric, although I think their understanding of how a person gets forgiveness is pretty much standard. I, I don't think what Gene B. Bingham has said so far is out of the norm at all. I think what she is stating here is what we understand classic Mormonism to be. This is why, as we said earlier in this week, when you hear Latter-day Saints give you an understanding of grace and forgiveness that doesn't seem to go along with what we're reading here, that's probably that individual's personal understanding. Now, when I have a Latter-day Saint do that with me, I usually commend them for coming closer to our point of view. But remember, for a Latter-day Saint— To come closer to our point of view really is coming towards the way of apostasy because they believe we are a part of the great apostasy. We believe false doctrines. So whenever you find a Latter-day Saint that seems to agree with what we understand regarding grace, regarding forgiveness, I don't have a problem commending them for that. I just want to know why they believe this in light of statements like what we read regarding Kevin Hamilton, and now we're reading today, Jean B. Bingham. She continues, These blessings start us on the path that, if we press forward and endure to the end, will allow us to live with him and his son in the celestial kingdom. Well, let me stop you there, because isn't that something that Kevin Hamilton said earlier? He kind of made that similar statement when he cited Doctrine and Covenants section 14, verse 7 where he said, if you keep my commandments and endure to the end, then you shall have eternal life, which gift is the greatest of all the gifts of God. It doesn't sound like Gene B. Bingham is saying anything different than what the 70 Kevin S. Hamilton said earlier. These conditions all seem to sound the same. She continues, every baptized person has the promise of these privileges if she or he keeps the covenant made that special day. You need to repeat that, Eric, because that is a very important statement. What did she say there again? Every, and that's italicized, every baptized person, and she's talking about being baptized in the LDS church, not Correct. in a Christian church. Every baptized person has the promise of these privileges if she or he keeps the covenant made that special day. So here again, we have the if-then proposition being given to these ladies during this women's session of general conference. Every baptized person gets the promise of these privileges. It's merely at this point a promise. It's available to the Latter-day Saint. But that promise only becomes a reality when, if the individual she or he, she says, keeps the covenant made that special day. Now, 
when an individual is baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they promise to keep the commandments. How many commandments do you really think they are promising to keep? It's not some of them. It's not a few. It's not the easy ones. They're promising to keep all of them. Every single member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is going to fail at that promise. And how do I know that? Because every Latter-day Saint that I've talked to all tell me that they make repentance a pretty regular practice in their life. Well, if they're repenting, they're not keeping the commandments. They've failed in keeping revealed law. Their repentance is kind of like a fallback for them to get them back on this covenant path, and that's what she's talking about. If an individual Latter-day Saint finds themselves having to repent, it only means that they have violated their covenants at some point. And we have cited D&C 5843 all the time when it talks about how you must forsake the sin. And D&C 82.7 says that if you go back to that sin, those sins come back on you. This is a terrible game that Latter-day Saints have to play, and they realize they're not doing it. As hard as they try, or as much as they are doing the best they can, they all know they're not doing what they're supposed to. Tomorrow we're going to continue looking at this talk that was given in April of 2022 a talk given by Gene B. Bingham titled Covenants with God Strengthen, Protect, and Prepare Us for Eternal Glory. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.